0: Welcome to the Cracking Cybersecurity Podcast. I'm Anna, editor at TICE. As part of our summer special this week, we have an interview with Bill Keeler, director at Cyber Reason, talking about nation-state hacking and cyber weaponry. However, first, we have Daniel Moscovici, co-founder of CYOT, who discusses the Internet of Things, connected devices and wireless attacks. (laughs)
1: We see and we focus on IoT. So any kind of device that is connecting to any kind of network, uh, it could be your mobile phone, it could be, but also it can be your watch, it can be your shoe, it can be your printer, it can be anything that is not, let's say, user oriented. And we see a lot of uh, advancement in the, uh, in the in the in the cyber market for um, hacking those devices that are very easy they are not needs really hacking they're just asking to you or allowing you to connect with default credentials that lack security basic security measures and they can be used to launch real uh, and devastated attacks Uh, such as so they can hack your uh, home devices and they can also render them inoperable. So if they can do that at home, they can do that also in the office. So they can really damage your uh, operations. Uh, They can steal data. They can use for launching uh, denial of service attacks within or outside, as we saw in the latest uh, year or so from uh, Mirai bot that continues to uh, spread and grow and be used for other kind of attack vectors. But what is important is not only the attack vector, but actually the attack surface. And we see the attack surface, which we call IoT, that's the the attack surface, as being more and more under the eyes of professional hackers being used for next type of attacks. So they are reusing all the attack vectors that we know, ransomware injection, malware injection, data leakage, uh, credentials theft, uh, any compromise of uh, of network assets of an enterprise or home, uh, but using an IoT as an attack surface.
0: So, IoT is supposed to bring more convenience to our lives. Exactly. It sounds like more hassle.
1: It's uh, yes. On one hand, it's uh, it's great to have. It we use it. I mean, I use it. I'm all for it. It's a uh, kind of the next uh, or already the next uh, transformation, the digital transformation in our home, car, office, city. Everywhere we see those devices being connected more and more, those sensors that are aiming to help us uh, be more efficient, save energy, um, having us more convenient, because you can order online, whatever, or they can order for you even. So we want them and we need to, we embrace them. We want them. But those devices or most of the devices or a large portion of those devices lack basic security measures. And it's it's kind of, that is in their DNA. The reason is you don't want a complex device like a speaker to have like 10 steps in order to connect it to your phone just because you want to be safe you want to uh, turn it on and work and because of that they lack the security measures that we need now I'm not saying that's going to be uh, that forever because we see a lot of vendors really investing in those and all the big ones do it for sure but we see a lot of uh, copycats a lot of Chinese vendors a lot of other vendors and it's very cheap and you, wanna, you you are going to buy it and you are unknowingly willing to compromise your home or your office by using those devices. So you need to embrace them, but safely.
0: So how, how can we do that safely?
1: So We say for an enterprise, it's their job to protect themselves from such devices, even if they are not the ones that are bringing them in. So you need to protect from employees, from third party suppliers, from anything that is entering their airspace. For the home, there are a lot of uh, rules that I don't think that they are applicable. Like if you are infected, turn off your uh, router or even throw it and then buy a new one. We need to be better at this. We need to ask the service providers, I believe so, to handle that for you because they are the ones that are connecting you. So they should also provide you with the assurance that it is somewhat protected without you going through the hassle of trying to figure out what's going on. You just need to know basic security measures are there and that if something happens, somebody will call you.
0: But if we go back to the organization, we know that the perimeters are becoming increasingly larger. Um, It's not just to you know, restrict the, the confines of the office. How can organizations monitor what's coming in and going out?
1: So it's true, the perimeter is, is disappearing, but it's still there. So whatever is the network, whether wirelessly or whether it's uh, wired, it's still the asset of the organization which they put a lot of effort and they should, will continue to put a lot of effort in protecting we believe that there are a lot of um, vulnerabilities or attacks that can happen within the airspace even without the network being compromised. Because we have hotspots, we have peer-to-peer networking, like I can connect to a TV directly without going through the company network at all and just share my screen into the TV. If so I can share my screen to the TV without any kind of uh, authentication or any of sorts. Any other device can do it with a malicious intent as well. So we need something that will monitor this, the airspace or the wireless spectrum as well. And this is something that is lacking today.
0: And what future attacks will we see?
1: In that domain, I think we will see uh, a lot of those devices that everybody has some wireless capabilities in them. So they will have any kind of malware, to extract either ransomware, which is quite common today, but they can also extract data because we saw a lot of uh, criminals or uh, cyber criminal cyber criminal activity in the um, theft of records, like in healthcare, but not only. Uh, it could also be the credit cards uh, and the attack surface will, will change now. So the IOTs of those companies will be used to launch such attacks in order to get in to the company.
2: Uh, it's really nice to, uh, to have an opportunity to chat in. And this is Bill Keeler from Cyber Reason. I'm a director uh, based in our Boston office. Uh, we're a company of about 350 employees globally with a, a, a growing EMEA presence with uh, at least two dozen employees now in what what we know to be the fastest growing uh market for our company
0: so um bill what's the atmosphere of the world cyber stage like at the moment from your perspective
2: a very good question it's a very interesting field today because uh, uh, the adversary the hacker is very motivated they have lots of time on their hands And with the proliferation of mobile devices and IOT devices, they have even more avenues from which they can get into networks to pilfer and steal and create loss for business.
0: And it's been said that the difficulty of cyber warfare is the challenge of attribution and the lack of protocols in the arena. Um, What are your thoughts in overcoming these barriers?
2: It's a really interesting question, and it's a really big challenge for the industry, not just the private sector, but the public sector. Um, The adversary, again, I can refer back to that. They have lots of motivation and lots of time on their hands, and it's very, very difficult in the broader sense to prosecute and bring cyber criminals to justice. It's very difficult for most countries, even countries that are working specifically with uh, the private sector, to identify the threat actors, prove that they're doing malicious things, bring them into a courtroom, bring them amongst other peers in a trial setting and convict them. It's nearly impossible to do in a, in a, in a wide scale. It's why the global cybercrime market is is worth hundreds of billions of dollars to criminals today and is not likely to decrease but increase.
0: So what are some of the tactics some nation states are using at the moment which are different to how they've operated before? Any examples that stand out in your mind?
2: Think of, uh, if you think back to about uh, a year ago, Anna, when the WannaCry uh, ransomware attack uh, hit the UK and hit the globe. If you think only a month later, the NotPetya attack, which is what we call a destructive attack where the hackers had one thing in mind and it was basically to uh, destroy files, data, destroy all records, destroy networks, servers, whatever they whatever they gained access to and it's a much different mindset than than a hacker who tries to get into a network, move laterally around that network to identify files, identify social security numbers, identify proprietary data that they can extract. The destructive attack there's 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 no uh, interest in them extracting files. They're causing mass destruction across corporate networks, and that was the example that we saw very very um, clearly with NotPetya about a year ago. And we see other examples of that, um, you know, throughout the world and in, in, in different regions of the world that our researchers are identifying and following.
0: There's no it's no secret that Russia's fairly advanced in their in their. <laughs> nefarious activity when it comes to cyber warfare. Um, are there any new developments that you are spotting, or new trends coming from Russia in in the way in their tactics?
2: Russia is, is certainly very advanced. You know, if, if we have to look at what I would consider to be the 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 top nation states, Russia would be at the top of the list with um, North Korea. Um, Iran, the United States, Israel, Great Britain, countries that don't talk a lot about what they're doing to hack other governments and to hack into companies, but we know that they're certainly very aggressive in it. I think what, what, what's very interesting in terms of a change in tactics and a change in philosophy, let's, let's examine ransomware for a couple of minutes. We've seen in the last two to three years a significant decrease in the number of new strands of uh, strains of ransomware, and why is that? You say uh, WannaCry was a huge global problem, not Petya was a huge problem, uh, Bad Rabbit was a huge problem. Just less than a year ago, and what's happening is that the industry, at the same time that the strains are decreasing, the industry has increased its focus on new tools and new best practices to stop ransomware attacks so while ransomware will still continue to be in the news and will still make headlines because media outlets both on the print and the broadcast side will continue to cover things like WannaCry over the next five to ten years we should expect to see a decrease because those strains are diminishing and it's because of tools that cyber Reason sell and give away and tools that other companies in the industry have developed to combat ransomware as a, as a standalone threat.
0: We mentioned the lack of protocols in the fifth domain um, earlier. They will have to be established. What's the first step to establishing them, or, or is there a a set of protocols that you've already thought about that need to be put in place? I think.
2: Cooperation is the most important thing. You have to change your mindset in terms of how you can best attack adversaries. And having protocols in place, having uh, improved security hygiene in place, even at the corporate level, just getting a better handle on where the threats are coming from, where you can improve your hygiene, and where you and the communities can sort of take a leadership position to get the discussion going. If, if we look today at the fact that there is anywhere from 70 to $100 billion being spent annually on security products and the fact that we continue to see breaches in the news on an almost daily basis, the, the two aren't meshing, the two aren't molding right as, as well as they could to find solutions. And it's, it's critical for Western countries, Eastern countries, wherever there are in the world, to really make an effort to communicate with, with business in the private and the public sector to ensure that the cat and mouse game that's being currently played, the cat being the adversary, the much smaller mouse being the private sector, starts to turn. And that the mouse gets a little bit bigger and that the mouse comes together and can finally meet the adversary head on, which is the cat.